This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right, welcome back to Main Corpse. I'm your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. And today we have something I'm really, really excited about because this is a place Brittany has been trying to convince me to go to for like 18 years, 20 years. I didn't even realize how long this place had been a place. Yeah, it's it's been a place for a long time. Um, And it's the Parquet. Do you want to, you're from this area. Do you want to explain kind of what the Parquet is? Yeah, for sure. So um, La Hossett's Parquet has apparently been around forever. It's Mm -hmm. this little like, it gives me a diner vibe when I go in. Yeah, me too. And but not like a tiny diner. Like it's it's got a full like restaurant layout. It's, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. I've actually I've been back in their kitchen before and it's so nice. Like it's really, really nice. Not what I would expect from like a local place. And it's like Yeah. You could eat off their floors sometimes. Like. It is it is a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. We I had never even been inside, so I went in to pick up the food. They have a really cool little like lunch counter and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just going to read from their website so you guys have an idea of what they do. Um, it says, our restaurant has been in the Lahasset family for 65 years, and we proudly serve the same recipes and ingredients as our parents and grandparents did. So that's insane to me it's impressive and they made it through covid like Mm -hmm. i am so genuinely impressed with them um just as like a restaurant that managed to stay in business for this long yeah and i can tell why i was there on a so it's sunday when we're recording this right now and i was there on a sunday they close at 3 30 i was there right around two o'clock and it was so packed i couldn't even find a parking spot like, it was that level of packed. And, I mean, they, they were busy, but they were all super hospitable, very nice, um, and very talkative. All the staff were really nice and talkative when I went in. It was cool. That's um, super. Yeah, so do you want to explain what you got first? Yeah, so I grabbed one of their specials for today, and it was the quarter barbecue chicken, and it comes with two sides. The sides I picked were the macaroni salad, because I'm a sucker for macaroni salad mm-hmm. and the scallop potatoes, which I'm looking forward to both because they look pretty good. Yeah, and I looked into what their two more popular items are, mm-hmm. and apparently they are super popular for their ribeye sandwich. So I went with their four ounce ribeye sandwich, which looks amazing. Um, it's on like grilled Italian bread. Yeah, it almost it looks, looks like. Like, like Texas like toast. Texas toast, just not quite as thick, but very yeah. similar. And then um, apparently, and get this, the reason I got their hot dog is because they have made the same chili recipe for 55 years. Oh, dang. So I wanted to try a 55-year-old chili recipe, so I got it with everything. Mustard, uh, chili sauce, and onions. Um, where I come from, you also throw some coleslaw on there, but I'll leave it alone uh, for now. For now. Um, but it all looks amazing. So where do we want to start? I'll let you pick. Oh, man. Uh, do you want to just start with the hot dog? Because we just yes. talked it up so hard. Let's do it. It's not bad. That is not a bad hot dog. So I like the texture. I like that it's because they don't have options. I like that it's mild. Yeah, it's it's mild. Um, it has enough flavor without being, you know, like an overwhelming chili flavor. Um, I think I could use a little more spice personally, but I do like it a lot. 
Um, yeah. The mustard is nice and tangy with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's not sweet, which I, I really like. I like the hot like. dog itself. Um, it's not like a cheap hot dog. Correct. Yeah. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I know you like all beef hot dogs, right? I do. I like hot dogs as a general rule. Got it. Okay. But my preference is to get like the all beef. Gotcha. I'm going to crack a can open, so I apologize if you hear that. Um, I, I like this hot dog. It's it's yeah. a very serviceable hot dog, and that is one of the cheaper hot dogs in the area. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it's really not as expensive as I thought it would be. Um, as okay. a matter of fact, all their food is shockingly, shockingly affordable. For, for all of us, mm-hmm. which is four adults and one tiny human, mm-hmm. it was less than 50 bucks today. Yeah, that's two dinners with sides, well, three dinners with sides, mm-hmm. um, two sandwiches, and a hot dog. And it all came to under yeah. 50. I mean, and, and we kind of splurged and got a little bit of everything to try. Yeah, so, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a great. I mean, the hot dog, very, very good. I could find myself stopping there again just to get a hot dog when I'm hungry. It's good. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to go next? I don't know. What do you I say try? let's do the steak sandwich next because the longer it sits on that bread, the more I'm worried about it's it. It's going to get soggier. Yeah. All right. Let's so, go. Let's give it a shot. I wouldn't have ordered this on the menu. I would, I would have seen this on the menu and been like, not for me, disinterested. This is delicious. This is amazing. There is the 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 texture of the um, ribeye is unreal. Um, it's got an amazing texture. It's not dry. It's got really good peppers. It's got a marinara sauce on it. Um, good cheese and the bread's delicious. This is great. I'm almost mad about how good it is mm-hmm. because again, I would have seen that on the menu and been like, "Not for me. Not my item." Mm. And it's fantastic. The ribeye by itself, oh, there's no more laying around, is okay. so good. Man, that's good ribeye. Like, it's really juicy. Normally, when I have, like, a shaved steak, it's not mm-hmm. that juicy. You have to have, like, mayo or something on it to really that's, ramp it up. I this wonder if they're marinating it. it. I, I don't know. know. It's that's so good. good. That's really good. Okay. Do you know how much this whole sandwich is? Look how much we have left of that sandwich. Mm-hmm. That's a $6 sandwich. That's unreal. It, when you guys see the pictures, you'll see the sandwiches. Um, we also had a uh, meatball sandwich, with, which Brittany got that we tried. Yeah, we tried it before we mm-hmm. started recording. Um, the meatballs are fantastic. Gr- again, as a textural eater, the texture of the meatball, perfect. It was. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. And I, the spice, it had just a little bit of a kick to it. Mm-hmm. And it was, the flavor was fantastic. The yep. texture was good. It was on the same kind of, like, grilled bread that we're having our um, steak sandwich on. And it's just, it's fantastic. And as big as that sandwich was, $4.99. There's That's no the way. That's the best deal around. It's that, yeah, really, really good. Okay, so next up, we are trying the chicken, I assume. Chicken, I guess, yeah. All right, let's do it. little dry. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Um, flavor's really good. Spice mm-hmm. is really good. A little bit on the dry side, and I'm thinking that's probably why it got slathered in barbecue I, I before so. it came out to me. Um, the barbecue sauce itself is really good. Uh, it's not too sweet. Um, it's not too tomatoey. It's just kind of your standard barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, the chicken, you're right. Uh, it, it tastes really good. It's clearly spiced the right way. Yeah, the seasoning um, is really good on it. It's just... Yeah, it's dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's no way around it. I mean, for as 
for as moist as that steak was, I expected the same thing out of that chicken, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the, the dryness. But overall, that's not bad chicken. I mean, and for the price, which yeah, before tax was ten forty nine for that and two sides, and you get two sides. You I'm not mad at it. Yeah, same, same. Um, I would, yeah, I, I would say that um, it's also you got to think it's near the end of their day too, so you're probably getting a piece of chicken that's been sitting around for, for a, minute. a hot minute. Yeah, um, so that might be one of the reasons why it's a little dry. All I'm saying is the last time we went at the end of somebody's day, we got a free. Um, Meat and cheese platter. Mm-hmm. We and did. none of their stuff was weird. Yeah, where's our meat and cheese platter at Parquet? Come on. Well, you didn't tell them. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get the freebies today. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going to try this too. And by the way, I'm using one of your husband's ridiculously small forks uh, just to have fun with it. I love that. So. All right, let's go. Michael, this one's for you, bud. I don't like them. I think they're really bland. They are bland. Um, they're super buttery. I will say that. They, they taste like they have a lot of butter in there, but they need more spice. Or cheese or anything. It's not salty. Yeah, like I expect a potato not. to be mm-hmm. a little bit saltier. And um, it, it, it's literally just like whatever their cream sauce is and potato. I can see where they've seasoned it with something. It looks like chives. For yeah. Sure. It's not lending anything mm-hmm. to the flavor of them, though. Yeah. it. it, uh, it rem- you know what it reminds me of? Hmm. It reminds me of if you were to just take a baked, pota- a baked potato and not put anything other than sour cream on it and just eat it that way. It's yeah. not bad, but you're right. It's just kind of bland. Yeah. yeah. So here we go with the macaroni salad. That is such a classic macaroni salad, and you're not going to like it. Yeah, it's too sweet for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I am not a big fan of macaroni salads. And you're probably going to hate me for saying this. I like them when they're a little more dry. I like them when they're more on the dry side. Um, I'm much more of a mac and cheese fan than I am a macaroni salad fan. I love macaroni salad. This one doesn't have any, like, tanginess to it. So there's no mustard in its base. Mm -hmm. This is probably just a mayonnaise base. But I love mayonnaise base. I was about to say, you love this, right? Yeah. This is really good. Can I ask you a question? Because I was looking through their menu and I noticed something odd. And I want to ask you your thoughts on this, because okay. this, this might determine whether or not this podcast can keep going. Miracle Whip or Mayo? Oh, mayonnaise all the way. Mayonnaise all the way? Yeah. So, something odd about the parquet, if you're going to go eat there. Do they use salad dressing instead of mayonnaise? They use Miracle Whip on everything, and you can substitute it for mayonnaise, if you would like to. So, like, their BLT sandwich well, has Miracle about, Whip on it. Think about... Mm-hmm. It was probably, let's see, 65 years ago. You yeah. do the math on that. Mm-hmm. Miracle Whip salad dressing was, was the thing. Was the thing, man. That's that's what I was going to say. I yeah. don't think I've ever been to a place that the go-to is Miracle Whip and the option is mayonnaise. You've never been to my mom's house. Oh, see, I can't do Miracle Whip. I don't know why. I just don't like it. I tune out when there's Miracle Whip on something. I'm just out. My mom won't make the macaroni salad she makes with regular mayonnaise. She says it tastes weird and is wrong. It, is hers good, though? Have I had hers? Um, I don't know if you've had hers. You've had my version of it with regular mayonnaise. Okay, gotcha. I bet this has Miracle Whip in it. I would That's bet. probably the sweetness. Yeah, that's probably where the sweetness is coming from. Okay, so um, overall, Parquet, very, very good diner food. I would highly recommend it, especially because it is super, super easy to get to. As you're coming through Clarksburg, it's literally right off of Route 50. So if you're visiting the area, if you're just driving through, it's probably, I'm going to say the easiest place we've done on here to get to uh, from the interstate. It's that simple. You just get off I-79 and it's only like 
a mile, maybe a quarter mile from I-79. It's right up the hill from You can literally throw a a rock from the exit and hit it. Yep. So, um, yeah, highly recommend the parquet. Give it a shot. Tell us what you think if you decide to go. And I highly recommend this steak sandwich. This thing is, this thing's the bomb. I'm going to go there and get another one of these soon. I am 100% going to sit here and eat the rest of this macaroni salad. That's totally fine. Um, You don't have to worry about me stealing any of it. So you can you can keep doing that. And it's not because it's bad. It's just because it's not. It is so far beyond your preference. It is. As soon as I took a bite, I knew it was out of your realm. Yeah. That's I could see it on Brittany's face, too, because she tried it, too. <laughs> and then she she looked at me for a minute like. I'm go. a little bit surprised about how Al Dante the. Um, I like it, though. The, that's that's one thing I I'm not like. mad it's about it. Like, yeah, yeah I'm just yeah. surprised that's not something you see commonly. <laughs> All right, so you ready for our story today? Probably not. Let's go. Okay, so I am actually bringing two serial killers to the table today, and this might be the oldest story we've ever covered. So for today's story, I have decided to cover the two serial killers who worked together that are thought to be the oldest or first known serial killers in American history. Okay. Okay. Today, we are going to be following the story of the Harp Brothers. Have you ever heard of the Harp Brothers before? I recognize the name, but I don't know the story. Let's go. All right. So, the Harp Brothers were uh, Makaija Big Harp, um, also known as Joshua Harp. That's his birth name. Uh, The other was known as Wiley Little Harp, and his name was William Harp. Um, when he was born. The Hart brothers are often considered the earliest known serial killers in American history. And I'm going to warn you guys, trigger warning ahead, they were vile. They were very, very bad people. Um, They were rough. When I found this story, I was like, no way. Now, I am also going to warn you guys ahead of time, it is very, very difficult to separate fact from fiction with these two. So we're going to talk more about the confirmed killings and things like that. Um, And some of them get a little bit intense. So again, trigger warning, especially uh, for those of you with young children. All right. They are believed to have been born in what is now Orange County, North Carolina, to uh, parents of Scottish descent. Um, Makaija was probably born um, just before 1768. We do not know the exact date of birth. And Joshua uh, was likely born, uh, sorry, Joshua was likely born just before uh, 1768. And Wiley was born just before 1770. Um, Though many historical accounts identify them as brothers, it's actually possible that they were first cousins um, named Joshua and William Harper who immigrated from Scotland in 1759 or 1760. So some people say the story is they were born here in 1768 and 1770 uh, respectively. Some say that they um, were actually from Scotland um, and immigrated here in 1759 or 1760. Again, you're talking very early American history. It's hard to find anything on them. Um, And there's a good reason for that too, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, So they settled in Orange County, one way or the other, um, North Carolina, Um, Like many Scottish settlers in the American colonies, um, they were Calvinists, and they were avowed Tories who were loyal to England. What? Yes, they were, they were, they were dyed-in-the-wool Tories. They fought 
for the British crown. But they were Scottish. I know. It's wild. It's wild. So prior to the American Revolution, Big and Little Harp's fathers may have also served in Tory militias um, during the War of Regulation or the Regulator War that that was uh, that was waged between um, 1765 and 1771, during which colonists in the Carolinas took up arms against the continuing royal government um, interference by British colonial officials. Uh, sorry, interference by British colonial officials when the Revolutionary War began. The Harp's father tried to join the Patriot American forces, but were refused because of their earlier earlier associations with British loyalists. So they were actually part of the British Army during the War of Regulation. Um, Then, when the Revolutionary War broke out, they tried to join the American forces and were told to go kick rocks. Uh, They were like, no, get out of here. Um, Which makes sense. Correct. It makes total sense. You should see the look of disgust on Kelsey's face. You would think this happened last week. She's like, how dare they? How dare... Uh, the problem is I'm re-listening to uh, Hamilton. So. Oh, God, yeah. So, you're... <laughs> so I'm really offended you're by like, it. You're like, how dare you? Well, how dare they? Ready to be more offended. The treatment of the Harp family by hostile patriot neighbors may have contributed to Big and Little Harp's feelings of persecution and their desire for revenge against the people they considered rebellious traitors who were still British subjects um, of the crown. So, around April or May of 1775, the young Harps left North Carolina and went to Virginia uh, to find overseer jobs on a slave plantation. Um, So, these guys just get better and better as you learn more about them. Big Harp later traveled in the company of two women, Susan and either Betsy or Betty Roberts, um, historical accounts differ, possibly sisters, both of whom bore him children. Little Harp married Sarah Sally Rice, um, the daughter of a Baptist minister. So, yeah, Big Harp traveled with two ladies who were probably sisters and had kids with both of them. I told you they were bitches. (laughs) They were terrible. Sometime during 1797, the Harps began a vicious crime crime spree through Tennessee, Kentucky, and Illinois. The Harps later confessed to killing of a confirmed 39 people, but the estimated combined total, including unknown victims, may number more than 50. What we're going to get into next are the accounts of some of the murders that they committed, not all of them, um, just some of the more um, known ones and ones uh, that are you know notable to talk about. Um, so again, I want to stress what likely led to them becoming vicious killers uh, was the way that they were treated by the American patriots. Um, And also... They got their feelings hurt because they were fucking Tories, (laughs) and then they thought they were going to, like, what, fight with the patriots? And they were like, I mean, that seems like literally the recipe for a spy, so no thank you. So... Ridiculous. They were very much outcasts, especially after the Revolutionary War, which a lot of the times, which a lot of the times led to them being um, on the run a lot, uh, specifically through territories. So they actually moved to Tennessee, uh, which at the time wasn't a state when they were living there. Um, So again, in 1797, they were living in Tennessee. Um, 
And that's when all of their um, murders began. So in 1797, while the Harps were living near Knoxville, Tennessee, they were driven from town after being charged with stealing hogs and horses. They were also accused of murdering a man named Johnson, whose body was found in a river covered in urine and ripped open with his chest cavity filled and weighted down with stones. I told you they are absolutely vicious. You know what? I feel really bad for them. Yeah. Yeah. So this became a signature corpse disposal method for the Harps serial killings. They reportedly butchered anyone at the slightest provocation. They even were known to murder babies. Yeah, it's a shame the Patriots were mean to them. Yeah, they were they were mean to them, all right. Um so they were forced to flee Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, when Tennessee became a state, they fled because they knew that, that the state would now have jurisdiction to go after them um, because apparently during the Revolutionary War and post-war time, they also committed some atrocities in the name of, of the king. Uh, so they were forced to leave. I wonder why the revolutionaries wouldn't allow them to join. Uh-huh. They fled Knoxville, and went into Kentucky. At the time, the second governor of Kentucky, James Garrard, um, on April 22nd, um, 1799, issued a $300 reward for the Harps brothers' apprehension and deliverance back to Danville, Kentucky, um, for trial. Um, they entered the state um, on the Wilderness Road near the Cumberland Gap. Uh, they're believed to have murdered a peddler named Peyton, um, taking his horse and some goods. Um, in December, they murdered two travelers from Maryland. Next, they murdered a man named John Langford, who was traveling from uh, Virginia to Kentucky. Um, he turned up dead, and a local innkeeper pointed authorities towards the Harps. Um, the criminal pair was pursued, captured, and jailed in the state prison in Danville, Kentucky, where they managed to escape. Um, a posse was sent after them. Um, the young son of a man who assisted the authorities was later found dead and mutilated by the Harps in retaliation. What? These guys were serious. And as you can tell, there's another reason I chose this story. Have you picked up on what it is yet? This mm -hmm. crime spree happened all throughout Appalachia. All throughout it. So, um, again, a little bit close to home. I literally can't wait until we talk about my next short. You're going to love it. Great. I'm super excited because we've got so much more to the story. The Hart brothers sought refuge from pursuing Kentucky regulators um, at the River Pirate stronghold of Cave in the Rock on the Ohio River. So, by the way, they were also known associates of River Pirates who operated up and down the Ohio River. Um, and you can actually go visit this place called uh, Cave in the Rock, um, which was literally a pirate cove um, along the Ohio River. And this is where they stayed. Um, definitely worth a trip uh, to go see that at some point. Um, after the murderous pair began making a habit of taking travelers to the top of the bluff, stripping them naked and pushing them off, the outlaw leader of the cave named Samuel Mason forced the Hart brothers to leave. They were bad enough that pirates told them to get out. Because literally there are stories from these pirates of them catching travelers, stripping them naked and walking them to the top of the Making cave system the and yeah. throwing them off. It's just absolutely, yes, for no other reason than to just do it. 
I mean, we're talking about some seriously evil people here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, pretty wild. That's why they got bullied. Yeah. So after the Kentucky governor placed the $300 reward on each of their heads, um, they fled. Uh, while they were fleeing, the Harps killed um, two men named Edmund and Stump. Poor Stump. Um, when they were near the mouth of the Saline River in southern Illinois, they came upon three men encamped there and also killed them. The pair then made their way to Cave in the Rock. Um, that is actually where, so I got these a little mixed up. That's actually, after they did all of that, that's when they went to Cave in the Rock. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, a posse had been aggressively pursuing them and stopped just sort of, just short of the cave because they knew what it was. Pretty, pretty crazy. With their wives and three children now in tow, the Harps all hold up. Wives. Yep. With Samuel Mason Gang, um, who preyed on slow-moving flatboats making their way along the Ohio River. While the Mason Gang was known to be ruthless, um, they were even appalled by the actions of the Harps. Um, again, they were made they made them leave, and the Harps then returned to eastern Tennessee, where they continued their vicious murder spree. Um, they killed a farmer named Bradbury, a man named Harden, and a boy named Coffee, all in July of 1798. Soon after their bodies were discovered, including those of William Ballard, who had been disemboweled and thrown into the Holston River. Now, are they taking things from people? Like, are these robberies, or is um, it just, like... No, it's just killing. I mean, they did they did rob. I mean, that's definitely for sure, but... I just wondered yeah. if there was, like, a reason they were murdering all of these people. I feel like that's something that was lost with time, was, mm -hmm. what, their, was what their real reason was. Because, again, you gotta think, they're traveling, at this point, they would be with three women children they would have a whole posse of people with them so you know it's not it's not real easy to sneak off just to murder so who knows yeah like and what i have so many questions that yeah, i'm not going to get it's, answered because it's pretty this happened wild so long ago yeah so again upon their return to tennessee they killed a farmer named bradbury a man named harden and a boy named coffee in july of 1798 um, soon, more bodies were discovered, including those of William Ballard, again, who had been disemboweled and thrown into the Holston River. James Brassel, who had had his throat viciously slashed, was discovered on Brassel's knob. And John Tully. Um, John Graves and his teenage son were also found dead with their heads axed um, in south-central Kentucky. Um, in Logan County, Kentucky, um, the Harps killed a little girl, a young slave, and an entire family that they found asleep at their camp. There's not enough time to talk about all of the murders these people committed. It's insane. Then we get to the one that is absolutely um, appalling. In August of 1799, they were being um, chased um, and just northeast of Russellville, Kentucky, they were cornered and were trying to hide. And Big Harp's infant daughter began to cry. Oh, no. At which point he grabbed his daughter by the feet and repeatedly smacked her head against a tree. Until you couldn't even tell who she was. This is the only crime that when they were caught, he confessed genuine remorse for. Like I said absolutely absolutely a evil a yeah. monster yeah they escaped of course they did and that same month a man 
named Towbridge was found disemboweled in Highland Creek. When the Harps were given shelter at the Steagle home in Webster County, the pair killed an overnight guest named Major William Love, as well as Miss Moses Steagle's four-month-old baby boy, whose throat was slit when he cried. When Miss Steagle screamed at the sight of her infant being killed, she was also murdered. I don't like this one, Matt. Yeah, it's it's a rough one. But, I mean, these guys, nobody talks about these guys. And it's a story that I think needs to needs to kind of be out there because this is one of the crazy... I mean, they were, they were hunted uh, and they just kept doing it. You would think at some point, like, clearly they were addicted to murdering. I mean, they were serial killers. There's no, there's no way around it. Whether yeah. they were stealing from them or not, the way that they were handling their business is is intense. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so the pair fled west to avoid a new posse that was organized by John LaPere, uh, which included the avenging husband and father, Moses Stiegel, uh, who was out for blood after finding his um, child and wife murdered. Um, while, the while the pair was preparing to kill another settler named George Smith, the posse finally tracked them down on August 24th of 1799. The posse called for the Harps to surrender. They attempted to flee, and Makaijah Harp was shot in the leg by Lapeer, um, who soon caught up with him and pulled him from his horse, subduing the outlaw um, with a tomahawk during a scuffle. As he lay dying, uh, Makaijah Harp confessed to 20 murders. While Harp was still conscious, Moses Stiegel cut off the outlaw's head. Um, later, the head was spiked on a pole, some accounts claim a tree, at a crossroads near Moses Stiegel's cabin um, that is still known as Harps Head or Harps Head Road along the modern-day highway in Webster County, Kentucky. I looked it up. We can also visit that road. Where it happened is actually called Harps Head Road. We were able to find it on Google Maps. That's insane. This story is, is wild. This story is wild. Wiley Harp uh, successfully escaped the confrontation and rejoined the Mason Gang Pirates in Cave in the Rock. Um, four years later, Wiley Harp might have been captured along with the rest of the gang, but went unrecognized because he was using an alias, um, John Setton or John Sutton. Uh, both Harp and Samuel Mason, the gang leader, escaped, but Mason was shot. Afterwards, Little Harp and another gang member, Peter Alston, who went by the name James May, um, son of the counterfeiter Philip uh, Alston, who's a really famous counterfeiter, um, tried to claim the bounty on Samuel Mason, although it's unclear whether Mason died from the wounds sustained during the escape or whether Harp killed him. Um, they actually went and tried to turn his body in using their aliases. Um, as they presented Mason's head, a Kentuckian recognized both of them as outlaws themselves, and the two were arrested on the spot. The two soon escaped, but were quickly recaptured, tried, and sentenced to be hanged. In January 1804, Wiley Harp and Peter Halston, or Alston were executed by hanging. Their heads were cut off and placed high on stakes along the Natchez Trail, um, as a warning to other outlaws. I think we don't have enough heads on pikes anymore. I think I think it would keep people from doing bad things, for sure. Um, yeah, like if you just like went to your local Target and somebody's <laughs> like, 
head or hand was on a pike, you wouldn't steal. I wouldn't steal, no. Now I'd be like, no, I think I'm going to leave. But um, <laughs> this story is really interesting to me because there's one thing that I want to talk about to kind of wrap this all up. Um, their families. They had multiple kids mm-hmm. by multiple women, mm-hmm. all of which survived, mm-hmm. and some of which went on to remarry and change their names. So the bloodline of these men is still very, very, very much alive in America today. Um, If anyone out there listening to this knows that they are related in some way to this family, we would love to hear from you and just kind of, I mean, obviously, um, well, I hope you weren't alive uh, during that time because if you were, you're a vampire um, and you might be one of them. Um, I don't know. But we would love to hear if there were any like family stories that were passed down, anything like that. Because, again, a lot of what I just now read is is pure. Um, some of it is, can, is you can find that it's real. You can confirm its validity. Some of it, on the other hand, um, is questionable. Questionable. Yeah. Yeah, it's questionable. Um, like I said, I know for a fact there is a Harps Head Road. I know for a fact you can visit the cave where the Ohio River Pirates lived, which I think is wild. Um, I think it's wild that there were river pirates. Well, you gotta think. They're like river otters, they, but they, worse. They, like, all of the, like, the Mississippi and the Ohio, they were used for big time moving of, of stuff up true. and down. Like, especially during I the frontier don't, days. Like, I can't, I can't picture pirates on a river Mm -hmm. so much as i could picture it similar to like stealing stuff off a train yeah yeah which makes so much more sense to me but i realize rivers are so much bigger than train tracks yeah they're huge and what i'm saying (laughs) sounds really silly but like in my head it's more or less a robbery yeah i mean just a general robbery someone on a horse on mm -hmm. like the side of the river bank it, going really fast. You also have to think of how much easier it would be to be a river pirate than on the ocean because you could literally just block the river so they couldn't get past you. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's like, I'd be a terrible pirate. Yeah. You could do, you could just block the river and there's nothing you could do. You could even have people like swing from trees onto the tops of boats and stuff like that if it were That's if true. it were a more narrow area. But listen, I've been to parts of the Ohio River that are like they look like they're they they look they're like they're half a big. mile yeah. long. And I've been to the Mississippi before and there's parts of that river I've stood at where I could just barely see the other side. I mean, we're talking huge rivers here. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah I know it makes sense. Since, like, uh, but you never think about it. I agree. I never think about that. I'm but like, I'm no. picturing more like Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what this feels like is Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> um, so that's all I have today. I I really I really like every now and again stepping back in time. And because we like a lot of people look at serial killing and, and they only go back as far as the, the turn of the century. But before the the turn of the the nineteenth or the yeah the twentieth century, there were tons of serial killers. Yeah, it was way easier to get away with it though. Signi- yeah, so a lot of them we may not even know were serial killers. Yeah. All right, so that's all I have. Um, I will not be doing a follow up on this one because it it bothered me a lot. The story of them killing children um, really got to me, but I was already committed to doing it at that time. And I was like, okay, I have to do this, but I don't want to. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed. <laughs> if you have any comments or if you know anyone or if anyone knows of, of any um, 
like, I don't know if there's like a historical society that would have some more information on them. I would be anxious to hear it. Yeah, definitely. I really would. So, so reach out. Yeah. I feel like we should, I feel like at some point I'm definitely, I'm going to make a trip to this pirate cave on the Ohio River. I'm going to do it. Let's go. And I'm going to go to uh, Harp's Head Road, see where the head was uh, was stuck. So. I think it should still be there. I think they should put a plaque where it was. If they can figure it out, Oh, that would be, be really cool. cool. Yeah. Like one of those historical, like, monument things. Yeah. But we don't really, like, want to necessarily, like... Yeah. <laughs> um, they could just... They don't even need to put his name. Just put, this is where a badass cut a shithead's head off. This is... <laughs> Yeah, because when I read it, I almost like I was okay, at home, what if? and I started clapping when he when they were like he cut his head <laughs> off while he was still alive. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what you get? So, all right, all of these like Civil War turn of the century statues that are just everywhere. Mm-hmm. That, but the physical action of that man getting his head cut off, okay, by a complete badass. I like it. It you know what? It doesn't even have to be big though. It can be like a couple feet tall. Yeah, totally. Let's do it. We'll just, you know what? Maybe someone will resin print it. Let's find a place where it is and we'll go put something up. Yeah, there we go. I mean, I'm sure the state will be like, well, we're not going to take it down. It's already there. Uh, <laughs> donated by Main Corpse Podcast <laughs> to the badass who cut off a head. Um, there we go. All right. So where can they find us at? Oh, my gosh. They probably already know they're listening to yeah. us right now. Um, on either iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Audible, and I think Amazon, and that's it, right? I believe so. Yeah, we're. Yeah. you know what? Google us; it'll pop right up. It, Main Corp it does actually. It really does. Yes. Um, it's weird. Google us or listen to us where you're already <laughs> listening to us, and reach out to us on our Gmail. It's maincorpspodcast at gmail dot com. Um, give us some stories. Let's talk. Yeah, get a hold of us on Facebook or Twitter as well. Yeah, don't text the Instagram. I don't check it. We're so bad about checking. Them. It's me. Yeah, and I'm I'm bad at I'm bad at the Twitter, but I'm getting better. So, promise. I at least get notifications on our Facebook. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, so uh, stay creepy, stay creepy, and uh, stay safe, you know, stay and don't safe. cut any heads off or anything. Yeah, please don't. And if you're going to be respectful and put it on a pike. Yeah, and you know what? We'll put up a poll, and you guys can vote and tell us Miracle Whip or mayonnaise. We should, we should do that. We'll also put up a poll to put a head off. Yeah, a pike. Let's do it. All right, stay creepy, weirdos. Bye.